Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show, where, if I am correct, we are two weekends away from the start of Series 3 of Drive to Survive. Isn't that March 9th? Well, then in that case, we're one weekend away. That's the point. Which, well, actually, no. Because the first episode is all going to be about the COVID delay. So that's next weekend. So it's, we're going to get an episode about the delay. So we're going to get a delayed episode. Well, it's going to be a weekend of nothing. Oh, okay. Did you know that season four has been confirmed to be happening? I heard a rumor that uh, season four has already been confirmed, which is, you know, it's important for them to actually make that. If you think about it, it's important for them to make that agreement now because you need to have the camera crews there at the start of the season. Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of critical. We will always know a season ahead. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that it's season three, and remember, it will be last year's season as we're just starting testing for this year's season. But, you know, what's always interesting is you watch, you know, as we go into the start of the season and you watch Drive to Survive, which is on the last season, and you sit there and go, oh, yeah, that did happen last season. That seemed I remember like a that lifetime I watched that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago. And then you watch Gunther Steiner make up new cuss words. Yeah, there's that. And claim that, oh, these guys, their return will be, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> Exactly. So while we're talking about Haas, so... You see what I did there? Yeah, that that was actually kind of impressive. (laughs) So there was a story that broke this week that as as much as really where we're going to focus is around some of the ridiculousness of this, the comments and what happened and what was said, there was one other key piece here that nobody picked up on. Are you going to tell anybody what the story is? Well, let me get there. Oh, okay. So we knew that Roman Grosjean was working on an Indy car seat. What we found out, however, was that clearly those talks and those discussions were much further along than we were led to believe while the Formula One season was happening. Ah. And the reason why I say that is we got comments from um, Gene Haas, of all people, this weekend confirming that he was all set and had agreed to sponsor Roman Grosjean in IndyCar until the crash in Bahrain. Oh, really? And that's why I said a little bit revealing here because we didn't know that anything had been even remotely solidified or that Roman was even talking to anybody over in IndyCar before Bahrain. He expressed interest in going there. Mm-hmm. But we had no word of it. But apparently, he had a sponsorship deal set up with Gene. Whoa. Keyword is had. So you told me about this, and mm-hmm. you need to explain it to our listening public because when we were talking about it, I was like, this makes no sense. So basically, Gene said that he was preparing to help back Roman's move to IndyCar until the accident and then he decided that yeah he didn't want to do it so gene's comments and his reasoning he had asked if we would be willing to sponsor him in indycar and i think at the beginning i was pretty open to it and this these were in comments to racer magazine so if you go to an indycar race they give you one of these for free Mm -hmm. it's a nice magazine 
Yeah, anyway. Um, he said, but then when he crashed in Bahrain, I was just so happy he didn't kill himself. For someone who has just absolutely destroyed the car, I couldn't be happier that he survived it. I don't know. He has a wife and three kids, and I just told him I couldn't see giving him money to go out and kill himself. I just felt like he needs to stay home and take care of his family. He escaped the big one there. If you really understood what happened there, if that car had been a few degrees one way or the other, he wouldn't have been able to get through that hoop and he would have died. So extremely lucky. And the team was extremely lucky. I just could not fathom having to face a widow or his kids. I just couldn't do that. So I said, nah, stay home. I can't help you there anymore. Okay, but here's my problem with this. He owns two racing teams? That's it. (laughs) I don't... I mean, if he's suddenly gotten scared, which I I would give him... A lot of leeway for that. I mean, mm-hmm. if he'd never been in the position before that somebody has had that kind of a crash and suddenly we have one and he goes, I can't do this, then my my thought would be you pull out of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm done. That's too much risk for me. I'm not facing a widow. But it's not. It's I'm not facing Mrs. Grosjean. Yeah. What was the found out cause of Grosjean's crash? Was it driver's error or was there like a problem with the car? So they still haven't announced the results and I think the investigation is still ongoing. Ultimately, it was some level of driver error. Nothing broke. And even Roman admits that this wasn't an issue where, where something broke. It was that... A combination of factors, and really the bigger concern is more around um, the car bursting into flames upon impact into the barrier and going through the barrier, um, but not as a result of the cause of the incident. Okay. I, I, I ask because um, Gunther was saying that he wasn't going to be sponsoring Roman. Gene. Gene. Gene Haas. Gene Haas, my bad. So that he wasn't going to be sponsoring Roman, so that he w- he wouldn't go ahead and injure himself that in a fatal manner. But if it was like something that was a problem with the car, not driver error, his entire argument's invalid. Well, his entire argument's invalid because he owns two racing teams, and he's putting at a minimum four drivers at risk every single weekend. Except. The boy might actually have a point. So you think this is more about Roman and Roman's tendency to get into incidents. But Roman has matured greatly. But what I'm but thinking, he still gets into a lot of incidents. He does. But what I'm thinking is if Gene believes that that crash was more driver error, then that is what it really is a commentary on is... Roman is too dangerous for me to back. And that actually starts to make some sense as opposed to this idea of I've nearly had a driver die. I can't handle the risk. Then I think you say you phrase it very differently. That That's my concern or, or that's that's the problem. I mean, that would make a lot more sense. It would. But it's the way he, he's phrased it and the way he said it of well, I don't want to give you money so you can go kill yourself. If you turned around and said that, you know, 
we don't have, and, and, and he doesn't want to say that, obviously. But we don't have the confidence, and this is part of the reason why we let him go in the first place. That's something else. But keep in mind, he doesn't want to prevent Roman from getting a job either. If he came out and said, no. I think Roman's too dangerous to drive, which is essentially what he's saying by not backing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, publicly saying, because that's the other thing, he could have just kept his mouth shut. Right. But if the boy's theory is correct, then, you know, he's doing this in such a way that it let other people back him, but he's not taking that risk. So in other news, we, we got word about the total financial, well, mostly total financial impact to Formula One around their income due to COVID. Oh, really? It was a 44% drop in income to Formula One in 2019. Wow. I mean, that's a huge drop in income, mm-hmm. but I honestly thought it would have been much bigger. So overall revenue went from, um, actually, that doesn't, oh, okay, I see what they did there. It's just worded wrong. Went down from 200 and, no, actually, this doesn't make any sense. 2022M to 1145M. 2022... Which would say to me that they made two billion and went down to one billion, and I don't think that's right. This Why? article's weird. Why does that not sound right? Because that seems really high. That they made two billion dollars in twenty nineteen. Okay. And then went down to one point one billion. If they consider all revenue sources, I wouldn't be surprised if they're okay. a billion-dollar industry. Anyway, it was a 44% drop. <laughs> 44% drop. More than that, um, Formula One, after turning a profit of $17 million in 2019, had an operating loss of $386 million after the team was paid in 2020. Wow. Um, total payments shared between the 10 teams fell, well, I guess it is billion, fell from 1.012 million, 1.012 billion. Okay. It's it's worded weird. Um, fell from 1.012 billion in 2019 to 711 million last year. Okay. Um, there was... A drop in race promotion fees um, down th- from 30% in 2019 to just um, the total pr- revenue was 30% um, that they got in 2019. Their overall revenue, 30% of that was promotion fees. I'll get there eventually. I, okay. I'm, I'm hashing this one badly. Oh, horribly. absolutely horribly let's try this again so in terms of race promotion fees percentage of the total income that race promotion fees made up in 2019 it was 30 percent of their total income okay in 2020 that was 12 percent of their total income okay which makes sense between the races that were canceled and i'm fairly certain that formula one paid for several races last year instead of getting paid for them I'm sure. So, 
Plus, of course, there were no fans. Right. And so there was nothing to promote. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that they <clears throat> went out of their way to make it worthwhile to even host the races where they normally would have gotten fees. Yep. They were asking for discounts and getting them. Yeah. So. Oh, good. You're not going to read any more. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to deal with the, with that one anymore. We're going to move away from the finances. <laughs> they lost a lot of money. That's the bottom line. <laughs> if that's what you got from it, you got the right message. They lost a lot of money last year. However, if what you got is that he can't read billions and millions because there are too many zeros, you also well, got the right the message. Problem. They were written weird. I mean, there were no commas. There were no zeros. 2019M. That's what they wrote. 2019M. Uh-huh. So 2 billion, 19 million. Well, yeah, we know or that now. 219 million. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's that. not 219 million. No, you it was said tr- 219. No, no 2019. 2019. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's, that's 2 That's the problem. <laughs> it's 2,000 million is what that is. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Well, you never know. Anyway. So, Mattia Bonotto. Harry Potter. Mattia Bonotto. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> Why is Mattia Bonotto? Look at his picture. Um, I don't really see it. His <laughs> hair's slightly too long, and he doesn't have a lightning bolt scar on his forehead. You can't see it at that angle. <laughs> anyway, so Mattia Bonotto, Ferrari Formula One chief, Mattia mm-hmm. Bonotto. Um, we didn't see him at all of the races last year. He got sick. He didn't go to uh, Turkey. He didn't go to Bahrain. Um, some of it was to see whether or not the team could function with him and Marinello. That's what they say. Some of it's because, like I said, he got sick. Um, he will not be attending all the races again this year. He's putting the word out there right now. Okay. Um, he says... It is to help focus on the team's preparations for 2022. Okay. Um, He also was quoted in an interview recently that said that the mistakes of 2020 will not be tolerated in 2021. Yeah, you know, we've heard things like that before from Ferrari. I'm not sure I believe it. No, because we always wind up with the prediction of at the, what race will they fall apart? Then again, and, and, and here's the thing, though. The, when you focus on the mistakes of 2020, where did Ferrari point the finger for most of their mistakes? Seb. And he's gone. So they've solved all their so problems. So there you go. <laughs> problem solved. Let's just hope that Seb was, in fact, their problem. Well, that's what we're going to find out now. Just like how we found out whether or not Honda was McLaren's problem. Spoilers, they weren't. Well, no, actually the answer there was kind of, but not completely. (laughs) Some of their problem? Not all of it. It's when you throw that word all. Yeah. It is entirely possible that one of these things that you put out there as being the blame is part of your problem. But not all of it. Yes. So, the Aston Ma- Martin... Martin? Co- yeah, Aston Martin. Martin. Wow. <laughs> the Aston Martin Cognizant Formula One team. We knew, and we've known for months now, that 
um, they would be moving away from the pink cars due to the sponsorship with BWT to British Racing Green Cars. Correct. Um, which led to a lot of questions as to what the future was for the BWT sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular because it was the BWT sponsorship that sustained the team through the final Force India years. That was what sustained the team through the kickoff of the Racing Point years. They've been very instrumental in keeping that team going. Mm-hmm. Um we did hear r- rumors that maybe they were sniffing around Haas and maybe they were sw- sniffing around Williams to, to move the sponsorship there until this week when it was announced that, no, actually BWT is staying with, with Aston Martin. Hmm. Now, the cars will not be pink. We know there will be BWT logos on the car. We don't know how prevalent it will be, um, but BWT has sponsored Aston Martin cars in the sports car series and in the touring car series so i'm assuming that one of those you know there's been like green and gold and and the bwt has found a way to slide in with the gold or something like that so interesting maybe they'll get pink race suits in their green cars and they'll be preppy really It, it depends on the pink because honestly and I don't think it was the previous year, but it was last year where they did the pink suits, but they were milk of magnesia pink. No, they were Pepto-Bismol pink. Pe- that's a Pepto-Bismol pink. They were not a preppy colored pink. No, and they have not been prep pink. Um, but if with British Racing Green, they could go pep pink and prep pink. And um, it'd be yeah, really... Nice try with that. <laughs> it would be super cool. We could have little alligators on the cars. No, because IZOD is not part of Formula One. IZOD at one time, I don't know if you remember this, but at one time, IZOD was the title sponsor for one of the predecessor open wheel series to IndyCar. It was the IZOD whatever series, but IZOD is long gone from sponsoring motorsports. You know their brand is not Izod anymore, right? That's probably part of the reason why. It's Lacoste. Well, there you go. So. But Tell, tells you how much. Uh, but the series was not Lacoste; it was Izod. That's fine. Tells you how many alligator pro- polo shirts you own. I never claimed to have any. No, and you know, your wife's never bought you one either. So there you go. So, Fernando Alonso. You know, last we spoke about Fernando Alonso, since we didn't have a show last week, which, by the way, was your fault. <clears throat> You're going to blame me for every missing show ever. Especially when it is your fault. It was your fault. It was not my fault. Your schedule did not accommodate us recording a show. Okay, but that is now why we have a third presenter in the schedule so that when I'm unavailable we still want to keep our audience but when I'm we still want to keep our audience what do you mean you will lose audience members with me that they need someone young we'll attract the youth the youths the two youths huh (laughs) happy Gilmore attracted new audiences into golf 
you are not the happy Gilmore of this podcast. Oh. Not even close. Okay, so let's talk about Fernando, Fernando Alonso. So last we spoke about him two weeks ago. He rode into into the side of a car turning into a, a supermarket parking lot in Switzerland. And broke his jaw. Broke his jaw. Um, he was released from the hospital. Well, yeah, he was released from the hospital 48 hours after the surgery. Okay. And he has been recovering. He has restarted with his training and moving forward. However, um, Alpine has announced that he will not be taking part in any media or sponsorship events in relation to... The car launch this week. Well, maybe it's because he can't talk. Actually, according to Alpine, they say that they were, and it, this is their team statement. We regret to confirm that Fernando Alonso will not be present for the media Q&A on this occasion. The sanitary situation and corresponding regulations in place do not allow him to do any communications and marketing activities while he undertakes his critical season preparation. We will instead publish a Q&A with Fernando for media use, and he will be available for media in Bahrain for official preseason testing. Wait a minute. The, the sanitary, sanitary situation. situation. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Fernando said, your toilets aren't clean enough. I'm not coming. I mean, what sanitary situation are we talking about here? Well, you know... I mean, does he have an openness, open thing on his jaw? Well, you know, if you remember, okay, let's think about this. You know, we, we do have a global pandemic. And, you know, there was a time that we had a global pandemic as a result of a sanitary situation. You know... Typhoid? No, I don't think that was a global that that was a global pandemic, but the Black Death was. <laughs> so we're going to the play. <laughs> but it, that that was caused by a sanitary situation. So is typhoid. <laughs> was there a global pandemic for typhus? I'm pretty sure that typhoid okay, was. Well, a... maybe that's you know, either one. Choose. I it. mean, cholera was a pandemic at one point. I don't know if it actually made it to pandemic levels. Okay, we didn't have we'd a have who to get, back then. I was going to say, we, we'd have to consult with the World Health Organization. But we didn't have a who <laughs> Let's back then. Let's see if then. we can get a, get, get a ruling from World Health on that. Okay, um, while I can talk to a lot of Formula One people, Dr. Fauci is not on my calling list. He doesn't take my phone calls. I've tried calling him several times. He never picks up for some reason. Like, what gives? Anyway, so Fernando is continuing with his preparations. It does sound like he he shifted some of his training. But uh, he has managed to get himself out of his media commitments. And I am surprised that you didn't question as to whether or not it it was because he was concussed. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was waiting on that one. (laughs) I was too distracted by the sanitary situation. (laughs) I cannot ask if he's concussed if I'm concerned about (laughs) the sanitary situation. And why do these things always come up with Fernando Alonso? Well, okay. See also, Fernando. (laughs) Okay. As I am sure Fernando is preparing for the 2021 season... 
other drivers are preparing for the 2021 season too. But they're not concerned about the sanitary situation. (laughs) (laughs) This is called a segue. Work with me. We weren't wondering as to whether or not, you know, they rode into a side of a car pulling into a supermarket and was concussed. Yes, he was not concussed. (laughs) He was not. It was the wind. (laughs) It was the the seagulls. It was the wind. Okay. But apparently, he's not the only Spaniard making preparations for the 2021. Perez is from Mexico, not Spain. You blew that one totally. I don't know where you were going. I was thinking Carlos, Carlos Sainz Jr. Jr. I was thinking Sainz. With Ferrari and not this team. But, you know, at one time he was hoping to drive for Red Bull. So maybe that's where you could go with this. <laughs> okay. Wow. Trying to pull you back in. How about you just let me do this <laughs> I will sit back and shut up now. In other news about drivers, Sergio Perez feels that he is getting comfortable with the Red Bull car and is understanding why other drivers are struggling with understanding the Red Bull car. So what was Sergio doing that got him driving the Red Bull? Because we're not doing testing yet. He was doing kind of like a photo sort of a deal for the media so that, uh, of showing off the photo driving yeah photo driving that thing you mean the filming day filming day that's the word that's I was that's what it's called so you both didn't even get it right and he was driving a red red bull 15 uh, x or something and then a red bull 16 so it's the rb15 is last year's car the rb16b is this year's car but I thought there was something up about the fact that they weren't revealing the RB16B. or Well, so so here's, because there's a bit more to this story. Yes, there's, Sergio got to, to drive it and gave his, his comments that, that he thinks he's going to do well on this car because why not? Um, and it's actually kind of nice to hear this because that may mean that he's actually able to compete with these higher teams. Because before, it was kind of like a risk with previous years. So, back to where I was going of what the filming day was. So, to be clear, this was not a media event. Okay. Filming days are private track days where the team has... Um, they get to drive the car for 100 miles and do their promotional filming and, and stuff like that. So, we will see... And you've seen this before, commercials during the year featuring the cars for the sponsors driving around Silverstone or wherever. That's done during these filming days. Um, Red Bull did their unofficial car launch. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think they did their actual car launch. Um, and released pictures from the filming day. One of the things, that, well, it's not one of the things. The things that everybody has noticed, even though this was the launch of the RB16B, the still photos that were taken of the car and were released as part of the car launch had portions of the car darkened out or elements of the car that were airbrushed away completely. Oh, my. Um, and it, like the tires, <clears throat> maybe, weren't they? Um, close. Portions of the floor where they know aerodynamic development has been going on were either darkened out or just not there. Interesting. Um, 
all of the photos that were released from the media day, and there were about 60 of them, were all of the RB15, not the 16B. Interesting. So, of course, folks are wondering what's going on with Red Bull. You know, have they found something that they're trying to hide until testing and they're just trying to make it harder for because everybody pours over these these photos from the journalists to the the the, the rival teams. Everyone's trying to figure out what everyone else is doing. And that's kind of the question of what's going on here. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I think we should be calling it the RB16 buff, by the way. No. I disagree. I like the buff. You can do that. We're not. Neither am I. That will that will just be you. Especially since it's probably the last time that we'll mention the name of the car. Well, that's also the case. <laughs> let's let's keep that in mind too. So Haas is the last team to reveal their their season launch plans. Um, they are going to reveal at least the livery. On March 4th. Okay. And of course, the the team has been very clear to point out that um, Mick Schumacher will be making his debut. Oh, and that other guy? Mick Schumacher will be <laughs> making... They have been very clear to point out that Mick Schumacher will be making his debut. Well, that would be nice. Yeah. They are going to keep Nikita locked up in a back room for as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which um, I hope that check is really big and it doesn't bounce. That's about all I can say for for that. Yeah, I agree with you. So, you know, looking forward now. When is testing? It's the March 12th. So we are... 13 well as we record we are 13 days when this gets posted we will be 12 days away from testing yes which means the season is coming soon testing will be occurring in bahrain and the bahrain government has announced that um those traveling for formula one testing and attending the grand prix um the bahrain government is going to offer them covid testing and vaccinations Wait, 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 wait. No, we are not going to Bahrain. No, I wasn't going to. I was going to ask if we could go to Bahrain. Because, <laughs> I mean, seriously? Let's head out there now. We can work remotely. He can do school remote. And we, we'd, get our, we'd get our vaccinations. They are... So, amazingly, Bahrain is leading the world. One of the world leaders when it comes to getting their citizens vaccinated... They are at 90% vaccinated in Bahrain. Okay, wait a minute. When you told me that they were at 90%, I thought you meant Formula One was at 90%. No, Bahrain is at 90%. What has Bahrain been doing differently than, like, America? Ignoring all human rights. Well, yeah, there's that too. But, <laughs> but no, it, it, it's it's the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they're... they're Racking them up. Well, I'm quite sure that it's also a function of where the money is. That That's probably some of it. Um, so Bahrain has said that since they are doing so well with getting everyone vaccinated, since a lot of the teams will be in Bahrain for the three-week period covering both testing and the race, 
they're going to offer them COVID-19 vaccines. Now, Formula One's response has been, um, yeah, we're going to follow the UK schedule and we're not jumping in line just because we're going to Bahrain and they're saying, hey, we can do this. Okay. Which, if that's the case, I give them a lot of credit for that because some of our own professional sports folks in the U.S. didn't exactly do that either. Well, yeah, there's that. So, yeah. But if you attend a major sporting event in Bahrain, they have announced, not just Formula One, but if you go to a major sporting event in Bahrain, they're going to offer up uh, COVID-19 vaccines. So can we go to Bahrain? No. (laughs) The problem is... We have to go back to, you know, they're on the list of Amnesty International for, you know, other problems. And and we've got, we'll talk about Saudi Arabia also. But, um, so the Formula One subreddit on Reddit has been really upset. I mentioned this before about the Saudi Arabia situation and the race going there. And they did a study. 20 yeah i think it was 22 percent of the races that formula one goes to has are in nations that have human rights issues okay documented human rights issues and you know the the hypocrisy of we races one when you turn a blind eye to these things in the nations that you go to um they are actually actively trying to organize a protest of the race in Saudi Arabia. Wow. And that that re, that subreddit has 1.5 million members. <laughs> I don't know if they'll pull the full 1.5 million to boycott, but they're 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 getting a bit upset. Well, I can completely understand. I think it'll be very telling, and I know you've got a future story that I'm about to, you know, pull forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lewis Hamilton, as they're looking at what his voice is going to look like in 2021, because he was has been told, you know, you've you've got a platform, but you got to be careful about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be very interesting to me to see if he doesn't have something to say about going to Saudi Arabia, because historically he's been a very thoughtful person. And doesn't seem to mince, you know, mince words and say and pick things apart and say, oh, well, it's okay here, but it's not okay there. He tends to take a fairly hard line about stuff like this. But to race in Saudi Arabia might be a violation for that. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the Formula One journalists questions him about it at some point. But then again... They didn't question him about Turkey. Mm-hmm. They've never questioned him that I've seen about Bahrain or about China. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Now, Formula One has said that uh, they expect that there's going to be a Grand Prix in Saudi Arabia for the next 10 years. Wow. Initially, the street race that we're going to see on December 5th of this year uh, but ultimately, they want to move to a dedicated track that's being built. Interesting. Ten years. Um, speaking of, of races this year, 
Monaco has announced they have started construction of the track for this year's race. Okay, so the life is actually going to start returning to normal. We're hoping. <laughs> Wait, so this is no longer going to be a street race? No, it is a street race, but it takes them a long time to put up the barriers and the barricades to set it up. Uh, well, it, it's not just the barriers and the barricades. They, they build the pit lane because that's not a permanent structure. And the race control tower that's like that five-story tower that the roof of it looks like the logo of the Automobile Club of Monaco, that's not a permanent building either. <laughs> so they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, but they are starting work on it. Now, let, let's keep in mind that this time last year, they had been starting work as well. So this is not a guarantee, but we're crossing our fingers. And oh, by the way, Formula One has announced that they are extremely hopeful that they will be able to welcome fans to the majority of races this year. Now, not in the numbers that we have seen you know, in 2019 and 2018, but they are hoping to at least be able to have some fans at the races. Well, go to Bahrain and get a vaccine. Yeah, see, there you go. I mean, that's how they're going to pull thing, pull people into the races is, you know, give us your ticket, get a shot in the arm. <laughs> and when we have the Australian Grand Prix, because remember, it's not happening until November now. When we have the Australian Grand Prix, the track will be different. Oh, will it? So this had actually been, this is work that had been planned anyway, but it was work that was going originally planned to kick off after this year's race. But then they went and moved the race to November and they moved the work up. So first thing that's been done, since Formula One started racing in Albert Park, they had not resurfaced any of the roads. Because remember, this is a street race. They hadn't resurfaced any of it. So they're resurfacing all of the roads used by the track for starters. But they're also making changes to the turns. So phase one was, and, and there were two phases. Phase one was widening the pit lane by two meters and the pit wall moved to the edge of the road in place of a grass verge. A move that could mean that the pit lane speed limit is lifted. Um, phase two um is the biggest bring the biggest change to turn nine and ten. What used to be a heavy braking zone into a tight right-hander will be removed and replaced by a fast flowing transition to the run along the lake's northwestern edge. The entry uh, um, and that will effectively make it two sweeping complexes in a row with the fast right-left followed by the ex- the existing left-right for turns eleven and twelve. Um, this will mean a higher entry speed into turn 11 and 12, which they're hoping could destabilize the cars before the braking zone for turn 13 and create an overtaking opportunity. Overtaking's always been questionable in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, the right-hand turn 13 will also be reprofiled with a wider entry and additional camber to make it less of a single lane through the corner. And I believe that uh, turn 13 is a 90 degree turn. Okay. I think that's the one that like if they go straight instead of doing a 90 degree turn, they end up going straight into downtown Melbourne. <laughs> it's it's kind of frowned on. So that that's... Well, since the cars aren't street legal. Yeah. Mm. That and, and the road on the other side of the park is still open. You can see all the traffic on. So 
<laughs> kind of scary if they did that. So <laughs> we try we try to avoid that. But anyway, reprofiling that um, work on the layout changes actually began last week and is expected to be completed by July. Okay. So this is the first significant work that's been done on since the public roads were prepared in 1995 to host the Australian Grand Prix for the first time. Okay. So, major changes to it. And, you know, because you jumped ahead, because originally these were going to work together, but now they don't work as well together. (laughs) Formula One has said that it is a priority to them to get a race in Africa again. Okay. So, the last time that Formula One was in Africa... Um, was back in 1993. Um, and that was in Kailami in South Africa. And Bernie Eccleston's been trying to go back ever since. Another, you know, you want to talk about human rights. Part of what caused them to leave was apartheid and all of the pressure around countries not doing business with South Africa. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Kailami is not grade one certified. Okay. And from what I hear, it's kind of scary. <laughs> um, but the talk is maybe they won't go to South Africa. Apparently, Morocco is trying to get a race. Interesting. We've been to Morocco. Yeah, we Although, have. Um, it is not in the um, Casablanca area. It is further south. in the Marrakesh? Yes, down in Marrakesh, which is where the Formula E race is. Mm -hmm. And from what I hear, actually, the Marrakesh E-Prix is supposed to be a pretty good race. I've heard Marrakesh is supposed to be a beautiful location. I can only hope so, because I was not impressed by Casablanca. It was not what I expected from the movie. Not at all. I mean, Rabat was okay. It reminded me of like your average run-of-the-mill middle-class California town. Rabat. Okay. Especially over by the the palace and along the the seafront. Not over by the ruins because they were ruins. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. My my issue with both Casablanca and Rabat that was unexpected to me was for being fairly seaside, they were so desert-like. But, okay, you're on the fringes of the Sahara Desert. I understand that, but I expected <laughs> a little bit more, because it's coastal, and I get that the Sahara Desert's on just on the other side, but I expected a little bit more coastal than desert. Sahara Desert. Enough said. Mediterranean Sea. But still, I mean, it butts up against the Sahara. De- it, it's not like Europe on the other side of the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> it is nothing like Europe. Where there's no desert. <laughs> it is nothing like Europe. <laughs> um, needless to say, Casablanca and Rabat are not on my go back to list. Here's an interesting idea for a Formula One Grand Prix. Though I'm not fully sure if the country in question is willing to do one. Well, that's a problem. Egypt. Mm. No. Well, You're thinking to... of the beauty, the the vista of being able to have the cars drive by the pyramids and Giza. How did you know? So Psychic. here's the thing: 
in the 80s, there was a game that did that. It was called OutRun. It was in all the arcades. Okay. Was it right next to the punch-out machines or what? Um, Actually, I think it was after the punch-out machines. I have no memory of this game. I'm just thinking of where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. Those were not in the arcades anymore. And anyway. Our, so our last story. Daniel Ricardo, as you will recall, made that infamous bet with Cyril Abitbull that if he got a podium, Cyril would get a tattoo. But we don't know of what or where. Not only that, but we have an update. It hasn't happened. <gasps> he welched on the bet? So Daniel says that is not what has occurred. What it was is that there had been an agreement that they would meet sometime before the end of the year to make this happen. But because of the health situation and, and some other stuff, they were not able to get together. But Daniel insists it is going to happen. Oh, yes, it is going to happen. That Daniel, he insists. Okay, Cyril has left Renault. Yeah, I don't know how this he is He does work. not want this tattoo bad enough. <laughs> he has walked away from Formula One. Maybe Daniel's going to have him get a tattoo of the Renault logo. Oh, that would be mean. I still think that it needs he to be... He made a bet to get a tattoo. Which part of that was not mean? <laughs> from I... a man who doesn't get tattoos. Well, we don't know. For all we know, Cyril's got Cyril like a... Does, no, Cyril has freely said... He does not have any tattoos. Okay. See, I still think that Cyril is required to have a honey badger. Maybe. So, Daniel's been asked, well, okay, now you're over at McLaren. What's the deal? What are you going to do? You going to make another bet for a tattoo? And Daniel has, has come out right up front and said, um, tattoos are off the table. Okay. Zach will not do... There is no way a tattoo is going to happen with Zach Brown. But he still wants to do a, do a bet. What Daniel has said he really does want is that, um, well, Zach has an extensive classic racing car collection that includes Mario Andretti's Lotus 79, Ayrton Senna's McLaren MP46, and Mika Hakkinen's MP416. Um, he's thinking that, uh, maybe the car collection, something in the car collection, that might be it. There's no way in this <laughs> world that is happening. Actually, what I, honestly, just from, from what we know of Zach, it would not surprise me if Zach made a promise, uh, if the bet was that Zach was going to buy him something, mm -hmm. one you know, one of these historic cars. You know, I just heard that Seb put up a couple of his cars for auction. Maybe he would buy one of Seb's cars and give. <laughs> I do not. Give Daniel one of Seb's. Cars. I do not think that would go over well. <laughs> would be hysterical. I, I'm thinking the optics of that is bad. No, what I was That'd really expecting riot. you to tell me is that. Daniel realizes that Zach's not going to do a tattoo, but that he's going to wind up with a tattoo bet with Lando. That oh, I would... Uh, maybe. I would expect. Maybe. Yeah. First one to a podium. 
Oh, that could be that could be. Well, I'm sure they're going to do something around that. Oh yeah. Which by the way, by the way, Daniel apparently just barely fits in the McLaren. Oh my. There were issues with the seat already. Uh-oh. Um they 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 had to give him a little more room. But Is he going to have to wear a size 10 boot? Um, not an issue with the boot, but it is a matter of his hips being just a tad bit wider than they were planning. Yeah, he is right on the limits for fitting in that car. So he's not getting an extra Cadbury egg for Easter, is he? Probably not. Poor guy. He's we're, What we're going to wind up seeing is gaunt uh, Daniel Ricardo. I don't know if he needs to lose, and I, I don't believe he needs to lose any more weight. I think it, it's just a matter of he can't put on any more weight. Mm. Poor guy. And that's the problem. These cars are not built for tall guys, and Daniel is not a short man. He's not, but, you know, McLaren kind of knew that this is what they were getting. I know. You would have thought that they would have planned for that. Yeah. I mean, they had to change the engine. They couldn't have also planned for an extra inch <laughs> somewhere for the poor guy. Yeah, that'll be, you know. Maybe it's because he got an extra tattoo. Does that add width to your hips? I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Yeah, and on that bit of ridiculousness, <laughs> we'll call it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay.